You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, Milwaukee Bucks reporter at ESPN Wisconsin. Joining me as always is my good friend Frank Madden, the founder of BrewHoop.com. And Frank, I don't know how to feel about this game, and I, I don't really know where my mind was at during this game. The Bucks beat the Celtics 106-102. Um, as we mentioned last night as we previewed this, this game, Celtics were... Winners of six straight coming into tonight. The Bucks were able to break up that win streak and and get a win. And I, th- this is just a weird game because Giannis on the night is minus eleven. Giannis is a minus eleven on the night, and at no point in this game did I really feel super concerned about the Bucks kind of blowing this. Like it, it just kind of felt like I don't want to say they were in control, but they felt. Uh, I felt, I felt it felt comfortable for most of the night and just a strange feeling to have about this team after the, the last month. Yeah. As, well, especially after the last two days, yeah. uh, given we saw the bucks blow a 17 point lead in the final, what, six and a half minutes uh, of the game in Denver. They were up, I think eight with two minutes to go in that game and they end up, you know, somehow, um, snatching defeat from the jaws of victory in that game going to overtime and then losing Uh, so you know if ever there was a time to you know uh, you know if if peak hashtag never trust the bucks uh might have arguably been on sunday and uh, two days later it it was definitely strange because i i similarly felt uh i don't know not that worried kind of down the stretch i i watched most of the game late but i watched uh, the last five minutes live on my phone from a uh, steakhouse in Dallas, Texas, where uh, I was enjoying a uh, a nice work dinner, and then I saw the game was close. I was following it on my phone, and uh, I was like, "Okay, I'm just gonna slyly watch this uh, as we were wrapping up uh, uh, from from the dinner table." And um, can and I I just wait? I want to stop you there. Imagining yeah. seeing the picture that your wife sent out the other night uh, during the the game that the Bucks blew. Yeah. How on earth do you watch a Bucks game slyly, Frank? Because I just can't imagine you doing so with the stories you've told with that picture, and like I just can't imagine you handling a Bucks game uh, on your phone well. Well, you know, I I had a delicious uh, steak tonight. Um, I'm I'm back at work after returning from my paternity leave this week, so I'm like I have other things happening right now back at work, a bunch of stuff going on. I uh, went out to a great steak dinner. Uh, I was fat and happy from that and falling <laughs> on my phone. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the Bucks are sort of like, you know, they 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 never really like blew this game open. They got down early, um, but then they kind of, you know, got back into it and were kind of, it was a kind of nip and tuck and 
Um, you know, felt like for the it, it felt like for the majority, certainly like after the kind of early part of the second quarter, it just felt like the Bucks were like up by between like two and seven points like all, the entire time. Yeah. Um, and you know, this was a Celtics team that literally had no point guards. We saw Al Horford dribble the ball up the court tonight. We saw Greg Monroe dribble the ball up the court tonight. <laughs> Uh, and, and, you know, I mean, it's a strength of the Celtics offensive system that, I mean, they run a lot of dribble handoffs. They do stuff that, that don't, that doesn't really require, you know, a point guard to necessarily be dominating. It's not like this is like a pure, you know, pick and roll team or something like that to begin with. So losing your point guard just completely undermines everything you try to do. So they have some flexibility there. They have obviously between Horford and, and Greg Monroe, uh, you know, a couple of big guys who pass really well. Um, and, you know, Jalen Brown was really good coming off those handoffs and, you know, attacking the paint and, and getting, getting to kind of where he wanted. Uh, fortunately, Jason Tatum had 20 points, but at least like didn't, you know, kind of get off the way he could have uh, five out of 13 from the field. Um, so, you know, really like kind of the, you know, good players played, Pretty well for the Celtics. Well enough, you know. We're not bad. Horford, 15 points on nine shots. Um, you know, Brown, 24 points on 15 shots. Tatum, five out of 13, but but did finish with 20 points. Um, but kind of all the other guys didn't didn't really hurt you, you know. Um, they're just, you know, I think just the depth issue sort of kind of came became pretty apparent. You know, Marcus Morris tried to be the the other guy, and he was four out of 16 in the field so um so again obviously this was a celtics team that as much as they have been hot um that celtics winning streak also came with having some point guards still healthy uh kyrie irving may have been hurt but terry rozier shane larkin um have been giving them obviously good good enough minutes for sure um and tonight obviously without with those guys due to you know some some last minute injuries um obviously this was a team that the bucks should have beaten i would say and uh, you know, again, it was not a, a work of art necessarily, but I thought the Bucks played a solid game. You know, they they didn't shoot well from outside, five out of twenty from three. Um, but I thought they moved the ball well. Um, you know, defensively, they they weren't like it was not the kind of night where it felt you know like like the Denver game. It felt like so often they were just in shambles, yeah. <laughs> getting picked picked apart, which you know Denver will will do. Um, and Boston is not a great offensive team. You know, as much as people talk about uh, Steven's system and, and this and that and Kyrie and everything, um, they're they're not a great offense. Uh, and obviously tonight, without you know so many weapons, without your normal ball handlers, um, this is obviously a team that shouldn't necessarily scare you and is not you know particularly explosive offensively anyway. And obviously tonight they they weren't uh, seven out of twenty three from three. They weren't you know particularly hot there. They missed plenty of I think good looks there. So. Um, so yeah, I think Bucks just kind of taking care of business, as you said. You know, Giannis kind of gave us a Giannis line: twenty-nine points, eleven boards, six assists, a steal, a couple blocks, including uh, one terrific chase-down block. I think it was on Tatum, right? In the last couple minutes, took a video review to confirm it. But um, you know, Giannis, Giannis got his. Uh, did have five turnovers, kind of was sloppy um, at times, but Giannis kind of you know did Giannis stuff. Middleton was good 20 points on 13 shots nine assists three steals eight boards um you know chris nice to see him bounce back after that difficult game uh in denver and eric bledsoe missed one shot <laughs> eight out of nine from the field four assists uh 18 points and they got another dozen from jabari parker so you know again just um you know they, they kind of got got enough from the guys they had uh for, from the guys you expected to get get from and 
Boston, yeah, I mean, they're good players, kind of gave them, you know, some good lines. But again, I think tonight we saw Bucks have more talent and the more talent won out. Yeah, I think looking back at this game, you mentioned uh, Giannis ending up with kind of a Giannis line, but I thought that first quarter, really the first half for Giannis was kind of, I shouldn't say the entire first half, he closed it strong, but the first like 18 minutes of this game for Giannis were, were kind of sloppy. Uh, I think yeah. four, maybe, did he have all five of those turnovers in the first half? He might have, um, but it just wasn't really clicking for him, but Luckily for him, Chris Middleton came out of the gate strong. I think he had 10 points in the first half, a couple assists as well. Uh, going into the third quarter, he ha- Middleton had 17 points, 7 rebounds, and 7 assists. He ends the night with 20 points, 9 assists, and 8 rebounds. So a little bit quieter there in the fourth quarter. But I, I think that's kind of the beauty of having three guys that can get it done Uh or four guys too with Jabari Parker. So your four chefs are, are cooking something up. And well, if the more sophisticated dish is, has ran its course for the first three quarters. Okay. Someone else can take over in the fourth. And uh, I thought Bledsoe had probably the two biggest plays to close this one down. Uh, as this game came to an end, uh, at least offensively, he hits that wing three uh, on the right wing uh, where, like you said, he really hadn't, that was his first three of the night. He hadn't really been taking a ton of shots, so I thought just kind of out of just kind of a gutsy shot that he stepped into it and hit it, and it was huge. And then uh, the Bucks were struggling with the Celtic zone a little bit uh, as they went to a zone look uh, to kind of I don't want to say close out the game, but they were down I think seven, and they were clearly trying to find a way to sneak back in that game, and the zone kind of befuddled the Bucks there for a little bit. They, they were struggling with those looks there. Uh, there was a play where like Chris Middleton and Jabari was coming over to set a screen, but then ended up screening Middleton, and they kind of like ran into each other, and it was just not very good looking, and there was a couple of those zone plays, and then uh, with, I think, about 40 seconds left, Bledsoe was able to get a high ball screen and, and finish there as well, and he kind of helped shut it down, and then you mentioned the Giannis block, and uh, I I believe it was I just yeah I just looked at it it's Jalen Brown uh there and it's funny because after the game I I had a chance to talk to Chris a little bit and he was saying that yeah he could hear Giannis screaming don't foul don't foul don't foul and as you watch the play Chris just tries to get in front of Jalen Brown kind of do a, a run by but also slow down enough that Jalen Brown has to accentuate that Euro step to really make sure that Chris is by him and then goes for the layup and then Giannis is able to get that and it's funny as we talked to each player everyone in the locker room said that like John Henson offhand mentioned yeah I could hear Giannis yelling don't fall don't fall don't fall and Giannis told us like yeah I told him and we hadn't even like been able to kind of communicate with each other. I was talking to Chris while other people were talking to Giannis and all of them made sure that to mention that Giannis was yelling, don't foul, don't foul, don't foul. And he was able to come up with an incredible block. They called it a goaltend uh, to begin with, but uh, they end up reviewing it and getting it right. And uh, that ends up just being a huge play rather than bringing the bringing the Celtics to within three at what would have been 101-98. It remains 101-96, and uh, the Bucks are able to close this one out. So uh, I just thought some huge plays there, and like you said, all three of those guys find a way to contribute. Uh, as the night went on, Middleton was just kind of steady. He was able to 
I, I thought just serve as a steadying force throughout the game that when they needed a basket, they were able to either go to that high pick and roll in the middle of the floor with him and Henson and get one of the alley-oops that I had written about last week at ESPN Wisconsin, or he was able to, uh, I mean, that pass that he made to Giannis I thought was fantastic where he's, he's, uh, he's in a Middleton post-up possession. And I think in the fourth quarter, everyone just holds their breath a little bit there. Cause you know, a lot of the time that that ends in a, that ends in a fadeaway. That ends in a shot that I think a lot of Bucks fans won't like. And in that situation, he kind of got to that spot where he would be shooting it. Uh, Giannis snuck behind Aaron Baines. He was able to sneak it in there, and Giannis finishes that dunk. And I just thought a huge play. So uh, the fact that all three of those guys, again, we're, we're talking about another night where they all have it going. And Chris said after the game, like, us three have talked about it like we have to play great we have to take it up a notch we have to take it to the next level like we have to be able to kind of handle it like we have we have to be the ones to set the tone and I think for the most part really this is we're going on about a week where for the most part this has been true obviously there's been some worse games from all those guys in the middle there um, throughout the last week or so but for the most part those three have set the tone Yeah, and, uh, you know, again, obviously Bledsoe uh, with a couple of huge scoring nights back-to-back, scoring 70 in in those back-to-back games in Denver. Um, Tonight, obviously 18 points, basically just giving you his average, but on nine shots, I mean, missing one shot. You mentioned the big three that he hit, um, you know, to sort of give the Bucks. I think it extended the lead to 99-92, I believe, um, in those last couple of minutes, which was obviously a big shot. And it was a good shot. I mean, he was wide open. Yep. And, you know, it's interesting with Bledsoe. I mean, he's he's shooting 39% from three since the All-Star break. And um, certainly the last couple of games, I mean, he was 11 out of 20 in the two uh, games over the weekend combined. Um, obviously, that's not typical. But, you know, I mean, it's interesting. You know, as much as Bledsoe, we don't think of him as a great three-point shooter. Obviously, his percentages over his career have been, you know, pretty middling, pretty mediocre. You know, he's he's good enough that he should certainly shoot when he's open. Um, not good enough to, you know, be, you know, just pulling up off the dribble all the time or shooting with guys, you know, contesting necessarily. Um, but, you know, since February 2nd, he's only had one game where he hasn't hit a three. I mean, he, you know, it, it's it's interesting. I mean, he's he's been remarkably consistent in terms of, um, you know, every he doesn't take tons and tons of threes. He's averaged about five per game on the season. Um, but, you know, he, he's always good to hit one. Um, and, you know, for the most part, he's been averaging, I think, over two in the last couple of months. He's been averaging over two per game. So, um, again, obviously, you know, Bledsoe is not defended like Steph Curry or Kemba Walker or anything like that. Like, you know, we see teams are, are willing to give him three-point shots. Um, but obviously, you know, again, if Eric Bledsoe is going to make um, make his his combination work with the rest of this roster, in particular Giannis, he has to take those threes and he has to make those threes at least at a, at a decent clip. And, you know, he's of late certainly has been doing that. I mean, he's been very efficient scoring on the season. And, um, you know, again, I, we joke kind of about like, well, the Bucks just sort of accidentally score a lot of points efficiently. You know, tonight, 112 offensive rating against you know, the league's best defense. Right. And we can say, well, they, they're missing guys, but you know, again, it's not like Kyrie Irving is the key to, to key to the Celtics <laughs> defense. Right. Um, they had plenty of good defenders. They had their system. Um, and again, you know, uh, the fact that the bucks can just kind of go out there and, 
you know, again, they've been getting a lot of assists lately. They've been scoring a lot of points lately. Um, it's it's impressive. 66 paint points tonight. Um, you know, again, they didn't shoot great from three, but um, they got to the heart of that defense a lot. And uh, and certainly Bledsoe was part of that. Um, but, but again, Giannis as well. Maybe not Giannis, like, driving always in the middle of defense. He certainly had some nice drives, but, um, you know, like that pass from Middleton. Uh, and just kind of working, you know, he had a couple – I think he had one, like, tip in. He had – you know, a couple of situations where you just sort of like, again, just working to get the ball um, around the basket and, and finishing. And, um, you know, John Henson, five out of five, 11 points. We saw some of that nice connection that you wrote about uh, a couple weeks back, the the Henson-Middleton uh, alley-oop connection. I don't know if it was all alley-oops tonight for dunks, but um, we saw them combining a couple of times. So, you know, Chris, those nine assists certainly had a couple of those to, to Henson at least. And um, Tyler Zeller as well, eight points uh, and eight boards in 17 minutes. Uh, he did flub one layup like horrendously, like like literally <laughs> wide, 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 <laughs> wide open. Uh, after the game, nice after the game, Parker. he said that he couldn't decide if he wanted to dunk it or lay it in. And from my angle, I could kind of see the thought process because he went up with two hands, and then at the last second, he kind of decided to finger roll it with his right hand, and then he just like spun the ball off his hands, and like it wasn't a rim rejection because he didn't like like go with two hands to dunk it at the rim. Like his right hand kind of decided at the last second that. I should do the finger roll. And then it just like flew out of his hands and it was, it was embarrassing. He laughed at it because that was the first question someone asked him. Interesting. Uh, always interesting to see also who, who is not playing. Um, interesting. Brandon Jennings did not play at all tonight. Uh, kind of makes sense in this, you know, in the, in light of the fact that the Celtics literally had what one point guard that they played all night. And that was Kadeem Allen who played only 23 minutes. So I think Bucks kind of matching up kind of man for man a bit with Jennings not playing at all and probably for the best because again the Bucks have been generally bad when Brandon Jennings has played and obviously he's uh, a guy who you know when he is right can give you some good minutes but most nights hasn't done that so um, I thought that was I think you know smart of uh, of Joe Prenti to just kind of roll with uh, the lineups without Jennings tonight um, and again not that you know sort of the Giannis point Giannis lineups have been particularly uh, effective to this season period um but uh you know again this was an interesting team to go against with uh with you know uh, no real traditional point cards no good point cards on the other side um and they obviously did some some funkier stuff than normal in terms of what you know boston was doing but um you know again i thought the bucks bucks played a very even killed game i mean this was you know again not like a comprehensive victory by any stretch of the imagination but um, a very steady performance and again it, it didn't feel like the Celtics you know with a few exceptions you know as much as the Bucks obviously defensively uh, have not been very convincing for a very long time um, you know it didn't feel like I don't know it didn't feel like the Celtics were just like ripping them apart tonight right it didn't feel like yep. the Bucks were scrambling to to compete you know for for multiple possessions in a row or, or whatever it felt like a pretty even solid defensive game from the Bucs and obviously again yeah not having a point guard for much of the night to have to compete against kind of simplifies things a fair bit um but you know again uh, uh whether you want to call it baby steps or, or what um you know certainly any any even effort is is a solid one and you know coming off 
I mean, certainly an emotional game for everyone on Sunday, fans included, (laughs) Um, you know, to come back and be playing a team in Boston that has had success despite injuries. Uh, And, you know, again, you're coming back home after a long road trip. Oftentimes, you know, those types of games are highlighted as difficult because the first game back from a long road trip is, I don't, I don't, you know, again, I can't necessarily explain to you why, but you always hear former players, announcers talk about that being kind of sometimes a trap game. Um, You know, the Bucks. Uh, obviously didn't start very well, but they got their act together and um, claimed a, an absolutely needed win against the Celtics team that, you know, this, you know, when we talk about the projection system, this was an unprojected win, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and certainly, you know, uh, again, you match your win total from last year, you've moved to 42 and 36. The wizards dropped to 42 and 36 um, today uh, with a, uh, fairly uncompetitive loss to um, my wife's favorite team, the Houston Rockets. So uh, good night in the Madden household and really a, a self-reinforcing win or night at the Madden household as well. It's kind of everybody helping everybody. I See, the Bucks beat the Warriors for my wife last week, so the Rockets had to beat uh, had to beat the, the Wizards this week to, uh, to help out the Bucks. You guys got to look out for each other. That's nice. Uh, exactly. So right now, three teams tied at 42 and 36, at least in terms of record, the Heat, Wizards, and Bucks. The Heat and Wizards uh, still ahead of both the Bucks just due to tiebreakers. Um, but, again, it's everything to play for here with uh, just four games left in the season. And, um, obviously, Orlando coming up next for the Bucks. Uh, no time for uh, a letdown. Or are they playing – wait, do they, have, do they have the Magic next or who are they playing next? Brooklyn. Oh, Brooklyn. Okay, sorry. So, yeah, <laughs> the, the message still stands, right? Like, yes, it does. No, no time for a letdown playing the Nets. Um, and, uh, again, at least they're giving some, themselves a fighting chance. Also, I'd have to double check, but – in terms of obviously the tiebreakers are what determines the um, the playoff seating, but I'm not sure for uh, for draft, draft purposes. I think they would if the Bucks, Heat, and Wizards tied. I believe what they would do is they would have you know they it used to call you know it used to be the coin flip, but now it's a basically it's another drawing which is televised. I know we watched it. I think a couple of years ago when the yep. Bucks were in a tiebreaker for uh, in the lottery, but. Um, but yeah, so again, if if uh, if the Bucks are in a tie, I'm pretty sure, um, you know, even if they do drop to eighth, um, it's possible that they could uh, keep their pick if they were to win, you know, one of these tiebreakers or whatever. So um, yeah, all to play for from a playoff positioning standpoint, and certainly watching the Celtics tonight. Granted, they're without Rozier and Larkin as well, but. Um, yeah, that's a Boston team. As much as they've been succeeding lately, uh, yeah, I would not mind playing them. Of of all the options the Bucks have in the playoffs, I wouldn't mind seeing the Bucks play the Celtics in the playoffs. Uh, it's it's funny, kind of thinking about the tiebreakers and kind of where everyone is. Um, I, we are we are typically talking about our friend Jacob Goldstein's uh, models and for projections and stuff. But our good friend Dean Maniot at all the Bucks tweeted out that. 538 now has the Bucks projected as the sixth seed with tonight's victory, which, again, shouldn't be that surprising. We talk about uh, projected wins, unprojected wins, and projection models aren't going to factor in that all of the Celtics are out um, and that the Bucks should win this game. But this is one that models would not have guessed the Bucks would have gotten. They got it. And now, 
again, they, they keep, even though they try to give it away, even though they, they seem not to actually want it, they once again have put themselves in a spot where maybe they can get to the sixth spot. Maybe they can keep their pick. So uh, I thought really a big night there. Thinking a little bit about this team and how they're clicking, um, in the last 13 games, just once, have they had an offensive rating below 111 in the last 13 games? That's like two and a half, three weeks. That goes all the way back to uh, the Knicks game on March 9th. So almost a month at this point, they've gone back uh, and had just phenomenal offense. And again, we we talk about it all the time. We are we are very harsh on the Bucks' offensive system because, well, one, we don't think it's very good. Two, I don't know that it is very good. Uh, And three, it leads to a lot of sloppy, frustrating basketball. But they put up points. There's no doubt about it. And I guess it'll be interesting to see if they fully kind of, and again, this is not something I think either of us are really excited for them to commit to, but it was something I mentioned at the start of the year, like, screw it. Whatever on defense, offense, just score the crap out of the ball and just keep putting it in and make other teams match that and and kind of see what happens and uh we we were talking a little bit about it last night but seventh in offense and what 19th in defense that it's not great but that's awfully close to a team that should be able to win some games like if you can bump that offense up just even slightly more uh, you should be able to get yourself into a spot where you're outscoring teams so we'll see if they can do that uh they've done it for the last month or so that's kind of what's allowed them to win a number of these games now there's been a number of nights where the defense has been bad enough to lose the game uh, despite being over 111, and there's been some real doozies in there, but it's just something I think it'll be interesting to watch. It feels like all these guys, especially Giannis, Chris, and Eric, are all kind of getting into a spot where they feel comfortable with each other. They they feel comfortable with, with them figuring out when to take over a game, and then on top of all of that, they have Jabari Parker, who's been able to do that from time to time as well and just have fantastic offensive performances. So this could be an offense that that really does start clicking, and uh, I just think that'll be interesting to watch. Defensively tonight, you talked about how they didn't feel out of sorts all the time. like They, they felt like a, a kind of cohesive unit in certain moments, and I don't – it was a possession in the second half. I'm trying to – or maybe it was in the first half. Um, I'm trying to remember it exactly, uh, but it, it had to be first half. So the Celtics were coming down. It was a, a fast break. I believe the Bucks only had two guys back. It was Snell and somebody else, and it was four-on-two break, and somehow the Bucks scrambled and successfully defended the possession. It ended in a turnover for the Celtics. Maybe they stepped out of bounds, and I was – somewhat beside myself I was shocked I could not believe that the Bucks actually did something good in transition like it was a clear advantage for the Celtics and again maybe it helps out that the Celtics didn't have great offensive players tonight uh, but the Bucks were able to defend it they were able to scramble they made a couple rotations they handled some kickouts and forced a turnover and it was just like well maybe they didn't force a turnover but a turnover occurred and I just found myself thinking wow I 
I can't remember the last time I saw something like that. That's the best transition scramble I've seen them make in, in a month. And I don't know. Uh, I, I don't think this team is, is clicking and peaking at the right time, but maybe there's a couple hints there for a team that uh, is starting to kind of, again, this is terrible that I'm even saying this, but it, in the final five games of the season, maybe they're finally starting to figure out who they are. Like it, it's just, I think the the fact that we weren't as concerned about this game as we've been in other ones, I think, kind of speaks to that. That they they've found a level of consistency. Maybe it's only offensively right now, but they've found a level of consistency that I think can give you a level of comfort. And to give people some context, so the 111 offensive rating you mentioned, so is, I think that's uh, you're, you're using like the basketball reference n- number there. Okay. The, I'm on NBA.com slash stats. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, so actually that's even better because NBA.com's uh, offensive rating is a little bit lower than the one on basketball reference. So um, what are they? I think uh, NBA.com for the season, they're like 108, 109, something like that, yeah. I, I think, in terms of offensive rating. So, um, so yeah, so I mean, it's not, it's not just like, Oh, one eleven is, is solid. Like one eleven is better than their average and their average is good to begin with. So, um, they've been just, you know, and I think it's, it's not so much like, Oh, they're, they're really clicking so much as they're just staying out of each other's way. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, um, cause I think, again, this is a team that, uh, you look at all of their like quote unquote volume scores, Giannis, Chris, uh, Bledsoe and Jabari, all of them have true shooting percentages of 58% or greater. Whew. And it's not like any of these guys need, you know, other people to just like feed them easy baskets, right? Like, you know, Bledsoe can create off the dribble and get to the rim for layups and finish at the rim about as well as any point guard in the league. Um, and obviously with his jumper working now of late, obviously he's not like a guy who needs to be a catch and shoot, like run him off screens type guy, right? Like, I mean, yep. he just sort of like improvises when he's open, he shoots him. Um, he doesn't really need, you know, <laughs> the prettiest offense to get his, his game going. Um, Chris, you know, again, as much as um, I think he's the guy who probably should need, you know, uh, uh, his teammates to set him up more. You would think that just because he's not a guy who can just, you know, seemingly overwhelm you with his physical tools the way that Giannis and, and Bledsoe and Jabari can. But, you know, again, I mean, he's he's been a better ISO scorer than Giannis this season. I mean, it's <laughs> it doesn't seem like it should work, but, you know, Chris can get his shot and make shots. He's been terrific from mid-range as much as you, wishes he, you wish he wouldn't shoot as many of those. Um, so, again, Chris can get his buckets, you know. It, he doesn't need – the most fluent offense to do that. And of course, Giannis, you know, can, can do that, um, exceptionally well. And Jabari is kind of similar, uh, similar to all those. So that you know, feels like all- we're, we're rolling towards a take there, Frank, because in the playoff, things get a little bit uglier. <laughs> Basketball slows down a little bit. <laughs> well, Pristine I- offensive systems don't work so well. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. Do, do, <laughs> do crappy offensive systems work better? Um, yeah, I mean, that's an interesting question, though. I mean, because obviously we've seen the Bucks' offense kind of grind to a halt uh, as much as they've been playing well. We've seen them, you know, especially in some of these late-game situations like in Denver uh, and L.A. even, um, you know, or both both L.A. games, the Clippers and yep. the Lakers game, um, start to look bad. So, I mean, they, they still obviously need those transition points and, and opportunities to kind of really fuel them and, and fuel the efficiency to some extent. Um, but, you know, again, it's just, I think, a situation where, 
they have enough talent that if they kind of stay out of each other's way <laughs> in half court, <laughs> they're going to score enough that, you know, combine it with um, all the transition opportunities they can get. Um, you know, the net result is, yeah, they're going to score points. And, and again, you know, a lot of teams like, you know, volume scores, there might be average efficiency. They might be below average efficiency. Well, if all of your volume scorers are above average efficiency, you're, you're probably going to be pretty good offensively, you know? <laughs> I'd certainly um, hope so. Yeah. So anyway, it's just sort of the, the, the math of, of that. And um, anyway, uh, obviously tonight, again, this is a Celtics team that injuries are not. They're, they've been great defensively all year. And, you know, you put up the numbers the Bucks put up, uh, with, especially without shooting well from three. Um, I think that just sort of underscores the Bucks can get shots that they can make. You know, they can get to their spots. Um, and you know, again, I don't, I don't want to jinx the bucks from an injury standpoint, but, um, it feels like it's been a while since we talked about Giannis and is Giannis knee hurting? Is he, is he sore? Is he not be able to play the way he wants to play? You know, it, um, he's had obviously the, the injury, the, the ankle stuff that, that has been a little bit of a concern. And obviously the Denver game was, was not what you would have wanted with the ejection, all that, but. Um, you know, I think Giannis certainly, you know, ironically, we spent obviously so much of the season worrying about Giannis's knee. Um, and, you know, the Celtics are the ones without their star player due to a knee injury. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully knock on wood that Giannis can continue to play at this high level. Uh, I don't hear anybody, you know, talking about, you know, well, we should have shut down Giannis or <laughs> this or that. Right. At this point, um, he hasn't had an off day since uh, when, when was his last off game at this point? Oof. Was it, was it, has he had one since the All-Star break? No. Yeah. So, um, I don't think so. So again, you'd love it if you could, you know, not run him 37, 38 minutes per game, uh, for the rest of the regular season. But the way this is shaking out, um, you, you may very well obviously need him. you uh, let's just say this. I, I really don't think the Bucks are going to go into, um, that last game of the season in Philly thinking, Oh, we don't need this game. We let's rest Giannis. You would love it if, well, if they're locked into a seat at that point, it may not be a good sign. <laughs> given That's they true. don't have any tiebreakers. So that last game, you hope it matters. Let's say that you hope it matters and you hope that it won't matter for Philly. And obviously you don't expect MB back for that. So, um, again, very, very interesting way, uh, for this season to be wrapping up and, um, I don't know anything else on that, or do you want to talk at all about the Jabari Parker stuff, or save that for tomorrow? I think we can save that for tomorrow. I was going to say with with Giannis, the big thing to me is maybe he can, you know, m- maybe the Bucks in general can, you know, just take care of business against Brooklyn and the Knicks and the Magic in yeah. the next three games. Like that could be where the rest is. That could be some nice thirty-two minute nights, thirty minute nights. Uh, I'm I'm not going to push it any lower than that because that just seems like something that is impossible for this Bucks team. Uh, but that those could be the three: Brooklyn, New York, and Orlando. You get you 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 go out early and handle your business there. That that could end up being a nice little spot there uh, for Giannis to kind of come back down, maybe ramp Jabari up slightly. Hopefully, at some point, get Malcolm Brogdon and Matthew Dellavedova back and. You know, start to again. Not you shouldn't be starting to make a playoff push at this point. But this is there's one week. Uh, this podcast will come out on Wednesday. Wednesday, April 11th is the last regular season game for the Bucks. So next Wednesday is their last regular season game, and we are we're getting we're we're fastly approaching that date. So we'll kind of see what happens there. 
All right. Bucks win 106-102 over the Boston Celtics. We will talk a little bit tomorrow about uh, Tim Bontemps article about the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, and I guess the, the Milwaukee Bucks and more, more specifically about Jabari Parker and uh, the decision that the Bucks and Jabari Parker have to make this summer. So we will talk a little bit about all of that tomorrow. Bucks win for Frank. I'm Eric. This has been Lockdown Bucks. We will talk to you tomorrow.